Hello, Blockheads, and welcome to episode 24 of Writer's Block Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin. Tonight's episode brought to you by The Wheel. Ignore it at your own peril. It's sitcom premiere season, everybody, and Writer's Block is all over it with three straight weeks, three straight weeks of shows focusing on the new batch of situation comedies, as well as a few older ones. This particular episode features the writing team of Annie Mebbin and Steve Bazalone from The Michael J. Fox Show, which premieres Thursday, September 26th at 9 p.m. on NBC, and then right after that, episode two at 9.30. Annie and Steve share the secret to how you go about building a comedy show around a character who suffers from Parkinson's disease, which, in the event this didn't occur to you, is not the classic platform for humor-based entertainment. We talk about how you break a story, which is something that gets done on every episode in every writer's room, so it's an excellent bit of knowledge that you all should have and soon will. You can thank me later. Or now. I'll give you a second. Go ahead. You're welcome. Annie and Steve talk about the advantages and disadvantages of being a writing team and how you go about becoming a writing team, or at least how they became a writing team. It's all about mutual admiration, but it helps when you end up selling your first script together on spec like Annie and Steve did without even having an agent. Good luck with that, by the way. We veer off track a little bit at some points, I know. It's not like me, but it happened. In this case, we talk about a few old movies we liked and very specifically why we liked them. But I'm interested yeah. in what you're, what you're talking about with like movies from the 70s because I just got done watching, for instance, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just saw totally that recently. Held up. Like, yeah. it's, it's such delightful. a great movie. Also, it's so Sally funny. Fields is so hot. Yeah. Super, super hot. Yeah. But she's hot in Forrest Gump. For me, she's hot when she's dying of, 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 of cancer, AIDS. Yeah. Jenny got AIDS. That's Jenny. Jenny had AIDS. Yeah. But as also long as somebody had AIDS. Hot and AIDS. Nothing helps a movie hold up like hot women with terminal diseases. I think it was Hitchcock who originally said that. And in what might just have to become a writer's block regular feature, we discuss which movies are best for getting your first hand job and for feeling your first boob. Classic writer's block. This is episode 23 with my guests Annie Mebbin and Steve Bazalone. You're part of the writer's block now. Good choice. Okay, great. Good. And we can all talk at high levels. You guys can try to match my dominating voice. Yeah. It's really dominating voice. It's offensive, really. Fans of television uh, know Michael J. Fox. Sure. Who doesn't? Yeah. Fans of life. Fans of life. Best guy in the world. It really is. God damn it. The guy's America's sweetheart. Are you guys just ruling me out? Is that what's happening? You're ruling me out of that category? Yeah. Well, I'm just meaning you, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. First impressions, yes. I don't see it at all. <laughs> I don't see you in the best guy in the world category. A new sitcom coming out next next Thursday, the 20, will that be the 27th? 26th. 26th. Our um, premiere. On network and time? NBC, 9 This, this I should have in my notes. I'm sure I do have in my notes somewhere. Sure. I did not, so fuck it. NBC 9 and 9.30, yes. episodes 1 and 2? Yes. How about that? And right. then from there They've done on. that before with some things. I think so. I'm sure they have. That's, yeah. I don't know. That's still a it tricky, sounds, it's a tricky like thing. A thing. They give them a big dose right out of the yeah. gate. Yeah. yeah I, can, really I like it. Them. I'll tell you why I like it. But first, let me introduce you guys. Well, sure. I, I, I have uh, uh, um, writers for the Michael J. Fox show premiering. It's the 26th Thursday at 
eight thirty and nine, nine and nine thirty, nine and nine thirty on NBC. Yes, Michael J. Fox show. Um, the writing team of uh, Annie Mebin and uh, Steve Bazalone or Bazalone. Bazalone, you nailed Bazelone. it. And you had Bazalone, and then I threw it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just stop with your head. Man. So close. It's better than Basil One. Which yeah, is what which, I decided. Which is incidentally, that's what my father has as a novelty license plate. Really? Basil. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Fantastic. Steve Bazalone and Annie Mebin. Um, writing team. Mm-hmm. Yes. A team. You work as a team you have for a long time. We will talk about that. Sure. Right now, employed by the uh, uh, Michael J. Fox show, named, so named Michael J. Fox show. Um, and uh, here's what I like about the airing of the two episodes. Because okay. the pilot is always a bit of a drag. Because, not always. For instance. More often than not. Yeah, but like, uh, um, I gotta tell you, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was a great pilot. Great pilot. I thought it was a great pilot. Did you see it? Yes, I watched it yesterday. I thought literally. I thought it was amazing. I but thought it was yeah. great. Yeah. I've yet to watch it, but I thought it was. Fantastic. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's really. By the good. time this airs, <laughs> yeah, you will be I'm telling gonna the watch truth. it. Yeah. I don't have DVR on my bullshit sublet, so. Oh I'm my yet god! To yeah. Google. No, you but, have to. Uh, you have Hulu. to withhold money. Hulu. Hulu. Rob Kirkovich is in it. Really? He's really funny. Who's That's he? the guy we used to work with. Yes, we worked with him on Happy Endings. He's, he's, working, he's working there? He's writing for it? Or he's no, in he's it? in it. He's in the Which pilot. He's the guy they knock on the door and he's smoking pot. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a great scene. Yeah, he's great. And, yeah. and they left their bong? Yeah. Yeah. Um, funny. He's great. Like that. Yeah. Just a great setup. I know Dan Gore, who, uh, who is one of the guys that... Yeah. Him. It's Mike Sher and Dan Gore. And Dan Gore used to work with him over the Daily Show. They did a great job. But a lot of times... Even when you do a good job, you, there's all this kind of setup, and there's a lot of that. You're just getting to know them. So to be able to jump right into the second episode where you can kind of, you know, land and then get going is kind of a nice thing. So to just, like, run right in, that'll be good. Right. Yeah. Although I would say, I feel like the pilot for the Michael J. Fox show is really strong. I think it's really strong, too. I think the the only the criticism that it's, the only criticism it's, it, that has continued to come up is that it's not a, a laugh riot. Um, <laughs> it's, well, but it was, well, maybe it's not completely supposed to be. No, well, it's kind of emo. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, it's like really, there's... Emo-com. Yeah. Well, I think it's just, A, it's first adjusting to or is it sit what emo? Mike is and who he is and like that dynamic mm-hmm. and getting used to seeing that. And then it's also like dealing with real shit. Um, but there's also like a lot of funny jokes, but it's not, it's not very broad. It's very grounded. And I think that's a thing. So in, that was like our first mandate going into it is like everything from this point forward is going to be super funny. But I also read a piece about, and it kind of goes along with what you're saying, is that in the, um, it talked about how in the pilot, or that, that there was a lot more talking about the the disease mm-hmm. and kind of introducing that, um, and then they just kind of want to get away from that as the focus as quickly as possible, but you have to address it immediately. Yes, because you, you, you can't really not address it because then you're wondering, what am I watching? But yeah. going forward, a lot of the stories just start from a more universal relatable place and then parkinson's will be a complication in that story it seems to be the way we've been yeah i mean it's just it's it's something it's it's a tea leaf you know it's something that colors every every story that you're seeing because i mean really it's never anything that's been done really before something that who has yeah, been going through character s- with a disability and, yeah yeah you guys worked today yes yes why don't you uh, uh tell us a little bit about that we had a table read today. We did, which was fun. That was it's always for fun. episode number 
13. Yes. 113, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we are, that, Isn't that the end of the run, but then they have, you have two more? We, no, we were 22. You were 22. So we are over the halfway point. Wow. By, uh, we're in production of 112 right now, so we are over the half point in that regard, and now we're starting... Feels like we've been doing it forever because it is, you know, September, but we started in March. Because March? It was when you came out here and started working? Mm-hmm. No, we started in LA and then okay. we all moved. It was a very long pre-production and it was very intense for all of us because almost the entire staff moved from Los Angeles. We yeah, were all still yeah. living there. How, when, so you started in March, but you moved out here when? May 11th or May 10th, 11th, 12th. Oh, that, yeah. That area. It was intense because we were all working regularly and then trying to move our entire lives cross country. Right. Planning for that. Yeah. Yeah. And and because we were moving, we were trying to be, and just in general, like this show has been great because it's been super productive. There's not been like a lot of times just, it's the nature of the beast. There's a lot of downtime. A lot of internet video watching. Yeah. And just like dicking around. And there's not been a whole lot of this, of that on this show, which is great, but it was also made. You mean on other shows you would. Yeah. Yes. On this show, we hardly ever very downtime. Like we look at like videos are like, all right, we just worked really hard for three hours and we accomplished something. We get the treat of watching Elvis. <laughs> I don't know Elvis. Oh, yeah. the, what does the fox say? Well, what does the fox, oh, is that Elvis? That's Elvis. Yeah, sure. oh, okay, I didn't know that, but yeah, it's a, so it's that's a, Sarah Schaefer. I, I saw it on her Twitter. That's where I first saw it. There you go. And, uh, um, I love that video. Stonehead. Yeah, I got to tell sure. you, so, so she, because, and only because she said on there, you know, this is my new favorite thing or whatever. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, you know, I know Sarah and I was a little bit. And so I, I was like, I'm going to click on this and I'll watch this. And I was watching it and I'm just like, all right, what the fuck is going on here? This is, why am I watching this exactly? And then when it kicks in, I just thought, it's magical. this is fucking awesome. It's magical. It's our treat. This we- is too good. I'm not, I'm, don't, I, but it's one of those things like, I don't know if I'm supposed to like this. Yeah, it might be a trick. Am I in on this? It might be a trick. Yeah. Yeah. Do they know it's funny? They do. We realize from oh, watching yeah, they the other videos. There's a bunch of the Stonehenge, if you've not seen that. It's That's fantastic. Same now. people? Yeah. Same people. But we'll break like an entire episode and then be like, now we get a treat of a video we've already seen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watch a Which video again. It's great to be that productive, but to what Annie was saying, like it made it difficult in the first like two and a half months because we were all, everybody's getting ready to move their entire lives out here right. or to some degree. So when you're spending, you know, 10 hours a day being really productive and then you're like, oh, fuck, now I got to go pack shit up and find a place to live. Yeah. You would step aside and be like, I'm sorry. Like, I have to find a house. Yeah. I need to find a place to live. Um, <laughs> so, and, and, and you were saying like, um, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to get off on a tangent too much. I want to stay on the, you know, just the day. Oh, yeah. You know, sure. I, I, w- I would like to just kind of get an idea of, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. How your day break down when you just, you know, just the... You know, when you get there and what do you do and that sort of thing. Well, we get there at 10 and today we we had sort of broken a couple stories and we were just refining them um, based on some network notes and we were going to figure out the order the scenes were going to play out in so that we could outline it on the board, which we do as a group. And can you just really quickly define breaking stories for somebody that might not know that? Just breaking um, a story is what we refer to as, you know, you take an idea, like an area, and then you say, okay, the first act break is this, the second act break is this. We have four acts, so we say the third act break is this, and then you're maybe putting one or two additional beats in each act, depending on the size of the story. So you already know the story, you're just breaking it down. Yeah, and like at the base level, it's just like, this thing happened to me that might be applicable. Is there a story notion in this? You know, and just like talking about maybe Mike gets a pet. 
and just like on the on the broadest level and then defining like what's interesting about that mm. and okay what how are the turns we, yeah and how can we make this kind of subvert whatever you're expecting it to be and how do we make it interesting how the pet has parkinson yes, yes which is that's a twist yeah or, um, or fleas right yeah <laughs> just keep it simple yeah let's not it's just one get one sure. character with parkinson yeah. is probably enough um so so you uh, uh, so you you had kind of broken those down. So you just further you're working on those. You're refining those, right. uh, and it's the all the writers and the producer people in one room. And yeah, well, we're well, kind that's of more smaller. Rooms. Yeah, we're kind of in the a bit in the weeds now, just because we're about to premiere. But there's just a lot of moving parts now. Like it's in a lot of ways, pre-production is great because everybody it's everybody's in one place and you get to just focus your energy just on the stories and just on the scripts. But once you get into production, you need to have people on set. You need to have people in production meetings. You need to have people in tone meetings. Right, you need to have right. people in editing. So your staff is just immediately thins out. Yes, exactly. Yes. So like if people, I, I find that usually when people are like how many, how many writers do you have? And you say like something like we have 11. And when you say 11, people are like, holy shit, that's a ton of people. And it is, you know, it, especially in comparison to drama rooms for the most part. But when you get in the weeds like that, immediately that's like four places that people need to be. One, so you go, one or two people are off on script. Yes. One or two people are off in in production. Mm-hmm. One or two, people, you know, yeah. One, one, somebody's down in editing, and then you know, yeah, eleven sure. very quickly becomes seven right. or six. Yeah, right. Um, and today we were at pretty decent staff, so we split up into like two rooms of four and five or something like that. Yeah, and we worked on that for a while until our table read. Mm-hmm. Um. Steve of I, another existing episode yes. that yes. was just ready to go. Steve and I usually get to read a part at, a, at the table oh, that's reads, fun. which we're delighted. Which is super fun for no other reason than you just get to be like, I did a scene with Michael J. Fox. That's fucking super cool. Yeah. Well, you mean, uh, but uh, the in in place of a main character? Or of a guest actor. A guest actor. And okay. sometimes, like, there was, for example, uh, Anne Heche does a recurring role. Uh-huh. And Annie is just the go-to for playing Anne Heche because she crushes it. And also she can Aww. roll her arms, um, which is a great thing. Plus the whole Anne thing, it's easy to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically is her name that's Annie really in the thing? No, there not. is an Annie on the show. Okay. Yeah, we only work on shows where there's Annie characters. Right, yeah. In our community before this. Wait, so we, super we have one more question. I, we, we're happy that you want to hire us, but we have one more question. Yeah. Is there a character named Annie? If not, I can't wrap my yeah, head around yeah. their journey. How can we make that, that happen? shoes. <laughs> So well, that's a well. That's kind of fun that you get to you get to do the reads. Yeah, it's yeah. fun because Annie and I both come from performance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Annie has done a ton of improv. I've done less. Yes. So for not years and years. Good, but like I was an acting major in school. Oh, you were okay. And with an, which was with where writing. We both Emerson. went to. Yeah. We both went to Emerson. That's where you met. Lavender yes. Lions. Okay. Yeah. The, the Lavender Lions. Yeah. That's one of the gayest. Yeah, exactly. It is the gayest school, according to some new poll. I think oh, it's the really? gayest yeah. school in America. So oh, that's, that's awesome. Nice. Watch out, Emerson. Really? Yeah. Not, uh, um, yeah. And it's no, just, we finally got the title. I think like Sarah Lawrence of, or... Uh, you would think, but no, Emerson. And I, every year, when we weren't the gayest school, then we got robbed. We're yeah. not the gayest school yet? Yeah. Now we are. And just as a, if anybody who's in high school is listening, if you're a straight guy... But seems 
kind of gay. Could be super gay, yeah. like myself. Perfect. Yeah. You will crush. You will just <laughs> yeah. do very well. Go. So Go. it's a great place to if end you, up. If, if you have ever had your sexuality questioned, but you're not gay, yeah. head to Emerson. It's yeah. a good place to be. you're going to get it. You're going to yeah. get it done. On both yeah. sides. <laughs> going to have it coming I mean, and they going. Have, the Emerson gym is the Bobby Brown gym, not of Whitney Houston fame, but of the, the, makeup. the makeup maven. Our gym is the Bobby Brown gym. Bobby Brown. I don't know. Bobby Brown is a really nice kind of makeup. Yeah. Really. But our gym is. Well, named how is that? Him. Because it's sponsored by this. She yeah. went to Emerson, but yeah. and put up enough money for a gym called the Bobby Brown Gym, which yeah. is. And we have the Will and Grace set in our library. In our library. Because Max, Max, much. So you. Yeah. It is the gay. It is the gay. Okay. Because right. at that point, just get, you got to be like, come on. Just wear it yeah. as a badge of honor. I love how like the, the in the Northeast, it's it's a badge of honor to be the gayest school, but you get down south and you got to be oh, the yeah. number one party school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Florida State, if they if they were voted the gayest school, if they were even in line for it, they'd oh. be like, what the fuck? We got to change well, things they, up. <laughs> tuition drops immediately. <laughs> That's right. Um. So you are uh, uh, so you split up in rooms. You're working on different shows that have been broken, and you're just yeah. finding them. There's a couple of different shows that that are in kind of that what? at that stage right now. Well, no, we only usually have somebody's working on a rewrite mm-hmm. in one room, and okay. then you're breaking new stories in the other room okay. or outlining a story that's already been broken. Right. Yeah, I think like what you in when you're this far in the season, the goal is to already always have one room who is working on an actual script or rewrite. Uh-huh. Another room that's generating new stories because the only time you get jammed up is when you get to a place and like we don't have a story and we've got a table read in a week or two days and that's in you know previous experiences that's when things get chaotic so if we can have two rooms going simultaneously to like generate an idea and then the other one to polish one mm-hmm. then you can usually be in okay shape yeah. mm-hmm. so that's what we kind of did today yeah right. and like had a table read. Yeah. And that's the whole day, no time to watch, um, what does the fox say? No, today we got a special treat. We watched the Matilda performance from the Tonys. That was our special treat today. I did not. I, yeah, sorry it's, that it's I did fine. not see This that. is just the continuation of Emerson. It's just the real Are you guys trying room. to make me gay right now? No. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is indoctrination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're already wearing the white v-neck. Just, I the get whole it. thing, I know, and so are you. So yep. we're both wearing white, white V-necks. I'm starting to get the vibe that this was all a setup. Oh, yeah, And yeah. Annie is just really into watching two straight guys yep. have gay sex. Just come to my uh, upper... She's really trying know. to set that upper up. Upper West Side <laughs> Sublet. <laughs> it's getting weird. Just relax into it, man. Yeah. Just relax into it. Do you want whatever happens. Happens. Can I, can yeah, I get yeah, you? Yeah, I got plenty of Do you want some muscle? Like I tell you, you got some muscle milk and bourbon. I mean, whatever whatever floats your boat, buddy. Yeah. That, that, will, that will quite literally float your boat. <laughs> float your boat. <laughs> So, so then you 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 finish up your day. Did you guys work until like about seven or something? And Around there. Yeah, with this. Yeah, we've. And you're getting barbecue okay. delivered and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, we have been having decent hours. Weirdly, yeah. it's very unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, you know, we work till what was that? On Friday, we were there till like eleven thirty. Well, plus if you're at, if you're in on an edit, you're going to be there later. Yes. Probably. Yes. But that's just an all night. Well, just in general, like when you're, I mean. It's inevitable whenever you're whenever you're actually in production, your episodes in production, you're logging like a 70, 80 hour a week. Do so, you, so will they do the, they'll be in production, they'll be doing the shoot and um, the whole staff doesn't go down and do you watch when they're doing it or? You watch your episode. Right. You're there. You're in on it and you're watching it because you're working on it in, in, in that moment. Yeah. But otherwise... You're doing other things. You don't yes. have time to go down and watch. Yeah. The whole, I mean, it's, it's a long process. Right? It is very right. long. 
Yeah. I mean, you the, the set is always open. Like I since we we shot our episode about a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and it kind of reminded me that oh yeah, I really enjoy being on set. So since then, like whenever we have breaks or we'll have like twenty minutes. Which after episode lunch, is yours? One oh eight. One oh eight. Week week. Well, that's week seven though. We don't know when it will air because everything's oh, airing. Oh, all oh it's out of It's possible that it could air in January inexplicably, but you know, it's just everything's kind of, they're just trying to find a good order for things. And there's certain elements that are serialized and other elements that are totally episodic. So they yeah, just right. put their best foot forward first and that sort of thing. Ours has, it takes place on a golf course. Yes. When you see that episode, you'll know that's ours. And where does he live in it? He's oh, in New, New York. York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, but it's just odd that, you know, the golf episode will air in January in yes. New York. Yes. <laughs> we, we, also felt that way. Yeah, we'll see. But it's a thing. But it was it was super fun. If for no other reason, I think for both Andy and I, like it was Mike, and then a guy who we've been friends with. By the way, we call him Mike now. Yes, which okay. sounds douchey. It, we sound like assholes, but like at first, people are like calling him Mike at the show, and we're like, that we'll never call him that. And yeah. then you eventually call him Mike because that's, that's what he wants you. To call that's him. just yeah. his name. Yeah, he's, nobody yes. calls him Michael. Yeah, you right. do feel like no. a douche calling him Mike. Yeah, when you're like, Mike Fox. You're like, all right. Yeah, that sounds, roll, <laughs> that sounds weird. Really? That sounds weird. Really? Oh, that, Mike Fox. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Bob De Niro. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Sandy Middle J. Yeah. Just call him Middle J. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, but it, was, it was Mike, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, Fred Savage directed it. Fred. We, yeah, Fred. Freddie. Freddie. Yeah. Fravage. But we've been, we've, been, we've been friends with Fred for a while, but just the confluence of the two of those guys, like my 10-year-old self was just freaking yeah, the fuck right? out. Because oh, yeah. we Wonder Years is my pictures. favorite show. And like... Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah. And Back to the Future was the first movie I saw in the theater multiple times. Like I saw Back uh, to the Future yeah. in, the, in the theater three times. Well, that's the difference between uh, uh, some, uh, our, our ages. Sure. My, my movie for that is... Take the money and run. Oh, also solid. Yeah. I was like 11. It was at our dollar theater, and I must have seen it like 25 times. That's a great movie to see a bunch yeah. of times, though. But especially when I was a kid. I mean, it was just... Yeah. I would it's... go with my brother, and we would actually kind of piss people off because we would be doing the lines in the back yep. and laughing and pissing sure. people off by the end of it. Mine was Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park? I made really? everyone in my life see it with me. I was like... It was sort of like that summer every weekend. I'm like, who will go see Jurassic Park mm-hmm. with me this weekend? And let me grab their arm at the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they'd be like, the part coming up is great. Yeah. It's very, like, proprietary of it. There's a, it's weird. There's only a couple movies I've seen multiple times in the theater that aren't, like, classics or whatever. Jurassic Park I saw three times in the theater as well. Back to the Future is the first time I ever saw it, and then I saw Speed. I've seen Speed so many great. times. I saw it in the theater back three to times. to see Speed. I got my first handy seeing Speed, so really? I was going to go back to see it. Seventh grade? Quick bragging. Seventh or eighth, eighth grade. Eighth grade. Really? Must be nice. Yeah, it was Should great. get a hand job in eighth grade. It was... the, the, the tone of the podcast has changed entirely. <laughs> yeah, it got, it got a lot better. <laughs> All right. talking about getting a hand job in eighth grade. All right. <laughs> Go out on that and we'll be right yeah, back. <laughs> be right back with more. Edge of your seats, huh? A hand job in eighth grade. Just FYI, for your average comedy writer, that first hand job usually comes around age 24. And chances are you're crying while it happens. Maybe with joy, but you're probably crying. But hey, now that I got your attention, thank you for listening to Writer's Block. But why just listen when you can subscribe on iTunes and write a glowing review loosely based on your true inner feelings. And while you're at it, write to us at writersblockpodcast at gmail.com. It's modern communication at its best. I wouldn't lie about something like that. 
Remember, we've got new episodes the next two weeks in a row, October 2nd and October 9th, each featuring two other writers from The Daily Show who join me to discuss this season's new batch of sitcoms. Do they suck? Are they great? Will they get the barely coveted Daily Show writer's stamp of approval? There's only one way to find out. Actually, two. But if you break into my apartment and steal my computer, I will track you down. Don't miss those episodes. They're going to be super fun. Or your money back. That's the writer's block guarantee. Now let's get back to the lovely and talented, and that goes for both of them, Annie Mebbin and 8th grade handy getter, Steve Bazalone. Welcome back, Writer's Block Podcast. I'm J.R. Havlin. I'm here with uh, Annie Mebbin and uh, Steve Bazalone. And I just crushed, that. Na- I just crushed, you it, crushed it right out, right out of the fucking park. <laughs> and I know, and you know why? Because I didn't let myself get caught up in thinking, am I getting this right? No. Yeah, I just said what was in my head. Roll off the tongue, man. And I nailed it. Go with your gut. You, you really have to. And uh, we were talking about a number of things, but we are now, for the, at least the next five minutes, going to focus on the fact that during one of a number of times that Steve went to go see the movie Speed with Sandy Bullock, mm-hmm. uh, he got his first handy mm-hmm. first hand squeezer. job. First squeezer. First squeezer. <laughs> in seventh grade eighth grade oh well geez sorry yeah didn't mean to jump the gun on you too much there no i mean it's fine you can yeah. that makes He's me proud. look a little bit better <laughs> and i'm just like you know i've had friends tell me this is a little bit off but we'll get back to writing and everything but this is again this is fascinating and, and, and i see that annie is really is very comfortable with pursuing this topic <laughs> But I've had friends tell me that they've gotten like blowjobs on an airplane, and I'm like, how the fuck does that happen? I don't get it. So I do. I, just, I don't understand that, that. I don't understand how that happens. Both guys who told me that, and I believe them both, and neither one of them had any reason to be like women that they met on the plane. Like, yeah. What? It's probably what? How does it happen at all? I don't understand it. Exhibitionists. I guess. But how do you get that seat? Yeah. That's a, that's a luck of the draw when you're clicking on the computer there. But yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, when you're picking. Like, wow, I'll I didn't take, know that. And I'll take a middle. Yeah. I'm going to take a middle. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how, where you are in the theater that you can, or you got, is it like a popcorn it thing? Was, it was, again, it was a dollar. It wasn't a Mickey trick or into it, it what happened. Diner. It's a popcorn no, thing. I, I'm not above that, but that's not what happened. Okay. It was just a... A girl of loose morals, and we were in eighth grade, and we were yeah. sitting in the back row of speed in the dollar theater. Yeah, and things happen. Yeah, no, back things row. Happen. That's, yeah, you, that's, that's where you got to be. I'm glad well, it's also it. like when you're at that age, it's so hard to find time in which you're actually alone, alone in a and dark room. Yeah, like the first boob I touched was Dumb and Dumber, just because it's a dark room. Oh. Yeah, it was not great. No, because at yeah. least speed is like suspenseful. Well, what scene was it? That's it was the scene where, where Harlem Williams drinks the piss, and yeah. well, like that's when you went in. No, it was you're I, that that was seventh grade, so yeah. you're terrified. Yeah. So like you went in. And it took me, I think, like fifteen minutes to actually get to the boob. Like it was. So first... it was just a matter of like you get a little, you, you have a little, and then you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, am I, am I going to get, you am I gonna get stopped? Am I going to get stopped? <laughs> I just, am I going to get stopped? I feel am I so get bad to this girl who's at Dumb and Dumber. Awful. Like if you were at terrible. any other movie, it would be fine. It was terrible like, because because it was like that scene happened, and that scene made me laugh in seventh grade a lot. So like, I have my hand on her boob. Like I finally got underneath the bra. And I'm like just squeezing around, the and then I'm laughing a bunch. Yeah. You're like so torn between a boob yeah. and like yeah. somebody with pee. It was, yeah. yeah. That's a that's it's a, a mi- that's, that's mixed emotion. It's not great. It's mixed choice of things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
With that, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that causes you now for the rest of your life to laugh every time you touch a boob. Like, what yeah. a terrible backfire that yeah, is. It's, it's a Pavlovian thing. Every time I touch a boob, it's just instant hysterics and Harlan Williams overacting. That's right. Um, so there, there you have it. That, I, I felt like we had to get that out of the... We had to, we, it, it was brought up. It needed to be discussed. Yeah. Sure. Clear the air. People wanted it. to know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't have people like... I just can't imagine the emails that would be pouring in. Yeah, sure. And I don't need to deal with that. I don't have time yeah, for people it. People need to know how you touch a boob at a movie. Yeah. It's important stuff. So at the show, let's get back to a little bit of like a, a just kind mm-hmm. of a, a day-to-day and, a, and and that kind of thing as far as like, a, um, is it a Monday through Friday? You, you find yourself going in on the weekends at all? We haven't at this show, although... Other shows we've worked on, we've come in on the weekends mm-hmm. or been there. Well, let's talk about a couple of those shows. I mean, you guys, first of all, you met in college. Yep. Yes. Um, and I got a little bit of the story from Annie before, but uh, um, uh, uh, why don't you break it down for me? Just a, a, a quick kind of uh, recap of, of your meeting and becoming a uh, uh, writing team that is now employed by a network uh, um, comedy starring Michael J. Fox, which is a pretty sweet place to be. Yeah. So yeah. how did, how did, what is it? What is the, uh, um, the the path to that? Well, we were bros in college. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, my junior year I lived with Annie's now husband. And okay. then we just kind of became buddies during that period. But we weren't like tight bros. We no. were just like bros. Yeah. And were you dating your husband there? Not immediately, but eventually. Eventually. I threw a pretty sweet Valentine's Day party that yeah. got, That's got, the ball, got the ball rolling. Yeah. yeah, it was a middle school madness makeup party. So you, so you must have, you had like uh, um, probably a bunch of screens with like speed. Oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, <laughs> Buddy, I was dumb and dumber and all over the place. Dumb and dumber playing, just and laughing stuff like that, and just booming. Really, like, yeah. People walking and go, I see what this is going right, on. Yeah, that's I know what's going yeah. on here. I know what these movies are for. <laughs> Squeezers in the room yeah. to the left, gentlemen. It's just like this is weird porn, but it's porn yeah. kind of. I see what's happening. <laughs> So, yes, okay. Steve is responsible for my marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Good. And I'll then take it. after college, we started like a writer's group we had like a mutual admiration mm-hmm. society of each other and there was just kind of still in the boston area no when we both moved to la yeah we moved okay. to la and we were both writing in various capacities i was writing for magazines and annie was doing a bunch of play work she had a play that was super good and successful in terms of la play terms but that's not that's not a thing that's not a thing it turns out it's not a thing that's yeah, not a thing. but it was produced and people came to see it yes people yeah. came yeah. to see it I actually saw it. I'm from Pittsburgh, and it was chosen as a thing that went up in the Pittsburgh Playwrights Festival, and I just happened to be at home and saw it then. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, it was, it was super cool. Yeah. The actors there shit the bed, but it was still cool to see her work being... But anyways, so we just both like missed, I think, you know, in college you have this kind of insular world where you get to have workshops, and you get to like, I wrote this garbage piece, let's all 12 of us sit around and say what we liked and didn't like about it. Like, we both kind of missed that. So we started a writer's group, and then everybody else in the group is super talented, but for varying degrees, either being busy or just being, you know, in their early 20s, we're not super invested. So we just kind of trimmed the fat and started like, hey, let's just hang out the two of us. Yeah, and I think I was telling you before, we wrote a play together, and then we did this open writing assignment that mm-hmm. Steve knew a guy, and we ended up writing the script for them, and then we sold it on spec, like right. unexpectedly. And it's sort of like if you got pregnant on like a third date or something. Because mm-hmm. then we were, was like, agents were calling us, like, do you want to be represented by us? And it was sort of like, oh, well, we're a team now. We you sold it on spec without an agent. Yes. Yeah. How did that happen? Um, just because... Or management. 
Yes. Well, we both had, I had management of a different, but I was just, I was acting at the time. Okay. We were both kind of acting. We were both doing like commercials and stuff. Um, and yeah, it just, it was, I think we were both just kind of, I think that's initially one of the reasons why I was attracted to Annie in a professional sense was because like, she's just super proactive. And I think like that is a thing that you want in your life like especially if you're proactive as well and you're like hustling and so she was a hustler so I think like we both just worked a bunch and we turned this play into an opportunity to write an open assignment and just like turn this script out in like two and a half three weeks yeah it was very quick crazy feature length yeah I mean it's not it's not high art by any means but it was fun and I still think it's funny um but then yeah just like threw us together and then we spent like after that like two years just working on our own shit feature wise and then just going on other open assignments and pitching on things and it was just very quickly like trial by fire like how do we work together and what are our sensibilities and so you know a writer's yeah partnership is very much a marriage in a lot of ways yeah it's a weird platonic marriage where you have to be very creatively you have to collaborate so you have to be very creatively open with somebody but it's also like, we fight mm-hmm. a lot, but we also don't. Over at storylines and, and lunge and stuff like that? Or what? Sometimes more like we just, like, interpersonally fight. Like, we have, yeah. like, a weird... At this point, it's, like, a cross between a marriage and, like, being siblings with someone. We're both only children. Yeah. So we have, like... It's like you spend so much time with the person, you just fight over, like, dumb, bickery, petty shit. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, just in general, like... I think the reason why we are successful or we have been successful is because we both come, we have totally different perspectives. Not totally different perspectives, but a lot of times we will just see things differently. So if like we both arrive at something like, oh, I think this is good. I think this is good. It's like, well, if we're both coming from different vantage points and we both like it, then it's probably, we're onto something here. Right. And it's a great filtration process. Like, that was one thing I said early on before we had much success. Like, the nice thing about working with a partner is, like, if I write something by myself, a first draft's a first draft. But if I write something with Annie, a first draft is kind of like a third or fourth draft because it's, like, I'll write something she'll be like, ah, that's kind of garbage. It's too big and broad and let's take out the dick joke. Right. Because that's where I go. Yeah, right. Sure. And, you know, so it's just kind of... Well, that's, that's your, that, those are your roots. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> we so, discussed that. Yeah. There was a reason for it. Exactly. So, but I think, like, that's one of the things that is helpful in a partnership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but it's kind of interesting in that the, the, the partnership is not something that you seeked out. It just sort of happened, and then you realize that, hey, this is not a bad thing. And, and now, of course, it's, it has been quite productive, it seems. Because yes. here the So the first show that you worked on was... Happy Endings. Happy Endings, which I already told you. I'm not sure why I started watching it. I think I told Annie, I, I didn't tell you, Steve, but like I, I, for the past number of years, have made a habit of trying to watch it, like all the new sure. pilots. I just get a kick out of it. And yeah. some, some of my colleagues and some other people that I know are like, why are you doing that to yourself? And, and, uh, it's interesting um, to see what's out there. Shitty or not, I like to watch it because mm-hmm. if it's shitty, you learn why it's shitty and know to stay away from that stuff. For instance, I have no idea why... Well, I have an idea of why people still make multi-cam laugh track things. It's because it's kind of lowest common denominator and, 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 also and middle America. And also they're wildly successful. Yeah, they're wildly yeah. successful. They're the largest and, comedies And because they want to make them. They sure. Okay, we need ours. You know, we need right. our two and a half men. But, uh, uh, but I personally just can't 
you know, I, I can't even. Yeah, it's not I, can't your sensibility. Watch, I can't sure. watch them. I bet there could be a good one. 100%, was, man. Which one was good? Can we think of like a multicam? In the past? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But I'm wondering, like, I bet you could do it. They used to be good. I mean, not to disparage any of them that are around now, but they used to be really good. Now the jokes, I feel like, sometimes feel uh, so obvious that they're not enjoyable. But if you had the same subtlety as, like, Cheers or something Mm -hmm. in a multicam now? Well, I think there's been, like, a... there's yeah, hard to remember that. Che- like, yeah. I think about Cheers, Cheers and I think, I, right with the laugh track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it that just show like is good. and for some reason, yeah, I, I shot on Paramount and it was right. Yeah, it was. It ran for eleven seasons and was wildly successful. And well, super it's funny. interesting. It's interesting too because if you go back and you look like at the Seinfeld first year and the pilot and yeah, stuff, it that's was a pretty. But it was all yeah, and it was kind of slow and flat. And a little bit boring, and and the characters certainly had nowhere near what they where they mm-hmm. got, you know, at the end. But the you know, I mean, you sometimes you, it's good to give something a chance, but other times it's like why you know. I, yeah, I, I, well, I, I think know. just like the we were talking about this, we actually after work we finished up work, we went for uh, a drink with a couple of our coworkers, and we were talking about just like how things have paced up so much, and we were talking about like. We're talking about the jerk and how that still totally holds up. Completely and it's amazing. It's great. And then we were talking that juxtaposed against uh, like something like Stripes, which is still great and so meant a lot to me as a kid. But like watching it now, like it is fucking slow. Really, and also like yeah. the third act is garbage. But yeah, yeah. But like just in general, it's she like goes, so let's slow. Let's take this to Germany. Yeah, and then <laughs> okay. and then they're heroes because <laughs> they, they, they have a super RV. It's it's crazy. But just like. The way that things have been paced up so much. We were talking about just like films in the 70s in general. And just like looking at like there's... I watched an episode of Cosby not too long ago where there is legit like three minutes where Rudy is sad and tries on outfits in a mirror. Like three minutes of just her like being sad and trying on fucking outfits. And there used to be almost... uh, Because I watched a lot of Family Ties in preparation for working on this show. And there almost used to be just like... An A story and a very light B and no C. Yeah, no yeah, C, well, no I, run. Like the B is almost like a runner. Yeah. But that, yeah. It, that really, I mean, we are talking about 20, 30 years ago and, you know, and, and just sort of the big, the beginnings of what it has become and stuff is going to change and, and the desires of the audience and the, and, and the, and the drive of the people creating the things are going to change. So there's no question that that stuff's going to look different. But I'm interested yeah. in what you're, what you're talking about with like movies from the 70s because I just got done watching, for instance, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just totally saw that held up. Like, yeah. it's, it's such delightful. a great movie. Also, it's so Sally funny. Fields is so hot. Yeah. Super, super hot. Yeah. But she's hot in Forrest Gump. For me, she's hot when she's dying of, 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 of cancer and AIDS. Yeah. Jenny got AIDS. That's Jenny had AIDS. Yeah. But as also, long as somebody had AIDS. Hot, it's hot just like, and AIDSy. Doesn't yeah, matter. Very hot, AIDSy dying. Yeah. They didn't get to the whole agey thing. She, they just yeah. let her die. Hot. She, she looks. <laughs> she still looks hot in what? Uh, Sunfuckers, the new movie. I don't know. If adore, I adore, Ad- adore. Sunfuckers. We call it Sunfuckers. Adore the movie where the two moms sleep with their each other's sons. Each other's sons. It's real crazy. It looks like the most. Do they know that they're doing it? Yeah. Yes. It's, it's real like weird. a sexy psychological. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah it's wow. It's just Sunfuckers. And do the sons know that the moms know that they're? Yeah. Doing it? Yes. it causes some causes some rifts in the relationship. Needless to say, we haven't seen it. <laughs> We're, We're just gleaning this from the trailer. What the trailer weird. is just the most self-serious. Oh man, there's a line. I think it's um, Naomi Watts. But it's like, called the door and not sons. Doors. <laughs> yeah. It was initially called Mothers, and then they changed it to a door, which is just like the most. What is this movie? You don't know what that movie's about. 
They should have just called it Sunfuckers because I go yeah. see that movie. <laughs> What else can we uh, uh, chat about here? Uh, um, you worked at uh, uh, Happy Endings was the first one. You, mm-hmm. that, and you were there for a year, mm-hmm. right? And then you went to this other show uh, that I was not familiar with. Breaking In. Breaking In. Starring Christian Slater. Right. Yeah, that had two seasons that were very spread apart. And the first right, season the, was six know episodes. Right, get picked up. In the yeah. It was one of the only shows to be canceled and then brought back. And then canceled. And then brought back. But again. the first yes. season was only six episodes. Yes. Because it was a mid-season replacement. Mm-hmm. So you do that and then it's canceled and then it's brought back for a full season. Yeah. Right. And then there was something else. Community. Then we went to community. Oh, and the community, of course. Yeah, for right. For two yeah. seasons. For two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is obviously, there's there uh, that's a, a different, slightly different workplace. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think for both of us, it was a great experience. Learning-wise. Yeah. Learn time. a ton. And there's like a lot of great things that came out of it. And there's also like a lot of less great things that came out of it. But it was very informative. Yes. And also like it was the first time that we got to go in because because both Happy Endings and Breaking in we were there for the first season. So it's fun to create a show and have like get to weigh in on that. But yeah. for Community, it was the first time we got to come in and we were both like huge fans. You already know it. You know what's yeah. going on. So it's like fun to like take something that you're such a huge fan of and get to add to that world. And well, it just feels there, special. Is there, but is there a kind of a, an, an additional anxiety that goes on with that? I mean, that oh, you're yes. like, oh, but now I'm walking into these people who already have this established thing. Who the fuck am I to tell them what to do? A little bit. It was also more like, are we going to break the show? Mm-hmm. Like I would constantly after work say to Steve, are we breaking the show? Is the show? Are we ruining it? Do we do we fuck this up? Is yeah. It, is it garbage now because of us? Yeah, we were constantly worried about the show being broken, and uh, that just especially when you love something and mm-hmm. then you're working on it, you're just you don't I don't know you feel extra. It feels like it's the precious that you have to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> but that was also the flip side of that was that we came in with ideas, and Dan is amazing about if you are passionate about something, he'll sort of foster humor that. you and okay. foster that and. We came in wanting to do a musical, and he let us do it, and that oh, was that's like a right. dream. Yeah, I read about yeah. that. Right, that was that was kind dream. of fascinating to me that you guys did a musical, and neither of you, it, and you're writing these songs. Although you, how do you write lyrics if you don't know how to write a song? I don't understand. Well, we wrote for our writers' draft. We wrote songs, and yeah. then we like re in rebreaking the story. We rewrote songs, mm-hmm. but I mean, we're both big music fans. I mean, both did musical theater in high school so we were not like unfamiliar with right, song yeah. structure so it wasn't sort of completely alien and that was partially why we were drawn to the idea of doing it because we both had and i had written like little musicals for ucb before mm-hmm. like little but they don't under those circumstances even entertain like like bringing in a, a lyricist somebody who does that to help out well dan won a won an emmy for yes. Writing, writing songs, songs for Hugh Jackman for the yes. Oscars. Exactly. And oh, really? We, and we had Ludwig, who was our composer on that show, who's appropriately named Love Ludwig. It. Fantastic composer who is, named Ludwig. Yeah, he's like a wonderkind, amazing TV Super composer. young. I've and heard did, of he him. did Happy Endings too, and he also I've heard produces, of him. It might be a different guy, but I think I've heard of He yeah. produces this all of Donald's stuff. young, composer named Ludwig. Yeah. 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 <laughs> might be a different guy. But <laughs> no, it's probably the same guy. Same guy? Yeah. yeah. Same guy. He's but, aged phenomenally well. <laughs> Fantastic. But Dan would say it kind of goes like this, like did it like this, da, 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 and he would go, oh, like this, and play it. Yeah. And so he very quickly was able to write music to fit 
the vision of yeah. it. And these and they turned it around incredibly fast because Annie and I wrote a draft that we had like a solid week to work on, and then we worked on it further. and And I was having like a ton of health problems at the time, so I was out for most of it. And then like Annie would just call me and be like, "Hey, okay, so this is what we're doing now. I'm like, what, what's happening? We're shooting like in forty eight hours. What you're writing this song now? Um, but they like wrote a rap and like six hours and they wrote like the teach me how to understand christmas and like actually was there for part of that and that was like written in like two hours yeah wow jesus yeah it was just like crazy turnaround time which but, was but part there, of the frenetic not, fun of it but, but there wasn't necessarily a deadline i mean yes but, there was like we were shooting you did have to like crank these things okay we got to get this song written oh now. no it yeah. was like we're shooting monday style uh, yeah we're shooting in 24 hours is the whole idea of a deadline has that been a different vibe on the different shows oh yeah sure community i think that show thrived on Dan and then the show when Dan wasn't on the show it was still sort of like the chaos it was just a chaotic show. environment just a bit manic yeah yes. I think it was like that was the way it was I think Dan for better or worse like functions very well under chaos sure yeah and that's sort of just like so you gotta you know, deal like, with it I mean it's his yeah show. just like having his feet to the fire like that's when he's most creative that's when he's most productive and I think that was just something that trickled down even when he wasn't there in the fourth season that was still like yeah, there was still like kind of a little right? bit of that like um, the building just was just filled with it. Bo- yeah, exactly. Yeah, and but uh, on the show we're on now, it's usually like we're very well ahead of time finishing scripts, and there's tweaks we make due to network notes or you know little things that didn't work on the table. But it's not that and down who's to the wire. The show? I don't know. A guy named Sam Laybourne who is just incredibly sweet and really uh, talented, and another guy named Alex Reed um, who is not. He is just a huge <laughs> dick. No, they're both. It's 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 everybody on the show has been exceedingly nice, which is a bit of an anomaly. But uh, it's been it's been super nice, and it's been really well run. We've been trying to be just from the get go because we knew we were all moving cross country. We're trying. We set a tone. They set a tone very early on to like be super productive, and subsequently we've continued to be so. I right. think probably November will probably be in the weeds just because twenty two episodes is a fucking marathon, and mm-hmm. you eventually get behind, but. You know, I'm sure you guys have, like, periods where... We're just in the weeds all the time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We've been in the weeds for 17 fucking years. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I kind of get this vibe that it's a show that I'm going to like. And, uh, um, and I really appreciate you guys uh, uh, sitting down and talking to me in the middle of all this uh, stuff that you're doing. Um, Annie Mebbin and Steve Bagalone. Again. Uh, writers for the uh, Michael J. Fox show premiering uh, um, Thursday night, the 26th at 9 and uh, episode 2 at 9.30 and then Thursday nights at 9 or at 9 after that? 9.30. It's 9:30. at 9.30 after that. Yes. Yes. Sean um, Saves the World is our lead-in. Oh, that's, oh, is that right? Then that starts the next week, I think. Yes. Or, yes. Or, or, yeah, okay. Check it out. Thank you guys very much for uh, uh, being here, Annie and Steve. Uh, say goodnight, Annie. Goodnight, Annie. Say goodnight, Steve. Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you both fucked it up. Yeah, we're not very good. Goodnight, everybody. <laughs> goodnight. Hey look, not everybody falls right in line with the old Burns and Allen bits, but big thanks to Annie and Steve for sitting down with me and on a work night no less. Kudos. It was great to meet them and I hope you liked the episode. For my choice from the WBP archives this week, I'm sticking with the theme of young and talented and once wrote for community. It's Megan Gans, now writing for Modern Family. Here she is explaining in a nutshell why we watch television. As much as people say that they love alternative comedy and everything, you generally, most people don't turn on the television to have their world rocked. 
it's they want to see something that's nice. <laughs> they want to feel like things are resolved. That's the reason I watch American Idol just to get out <laughs> rocked. Yeah. That's why I watch The Voice. But no, but you watch sitcoms in general because you want to see characters that you love go through problems and then have resolutions within a half an hour because life doesn't work that way. She's right about that. Episode 16 with Megan Gans. Check it out. Thank you to producer guy David Klatt, songwriting guy Pete Miser, artsy type guys Andrew Lynn and Greg Duncan, and general helper guy Willie Orbison. I'm J.R. Havlin. This is Writer's Block Podcast. Thanks for listening. Say goodnight, blockheads. <laughs>